Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcasts. In this podcast, we'll talk about the temporary protection directive activated by the EU to allow its member states to deal with the millions of Ukrainian citizens seeking refuge from the war in their country. Want to know more? Stay with us. Since Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022, about 4 million people have been forced to seek refuge, mostly in neighboring countries such as Poland, Romania, Moldova, Hungary and Slovakia. And many more have been internally displaced. The images of families arriving at the EU borders, confused, cold and hungry, have immediately prompted a wave of solidarity and popular support in Europe. To help them as quickly and efficiently as possible, the European Union took an unprecedented decision to grant temporary protection to people arriving from Ukraine. Let's hear the words of the French Minister of the Interior, Gérald Darmanin, and the European Commissioner for Home Affairs, Ilva Johansen, after the Justice and Home Affairs Council of the 3rd of March. We reached an agreement, a historic agreement, I would say, that will allow EU member states to offer temporary protection to those fleeing war in Ukraine. Given the massive influx of people that we've seen, and will continue to see in the coming days. I think this is a real great day when we uh, manage to have a unanimous decision on the temporary protection directive. I think we have seen the last days uh, an unprecedented unity, firmness and ability to take decision and act from the European Union. But how does the temporary protection mechanism work? Katrin Loten works for the European Parliamentary Research Service. The main idea is to offer swift protection and rights to mass arrivals of people in need without overwhelming member states' asylum systems. Contrary to asylum applications, temporary protection waives the need to examine individual applications. So beneficiaries will immediately enjoy harmonized rights across the EU, such as the right to a residence permit, education, medical care, housing, the labor market and social welfare assistance. The Temporary Protection Directive was adopted in 2001, when Europe was confronted, for the first time since World War II, with mass displacements of people from the former Yugoslavia. At the time, and as it often happens in such situations, pressure was unevenly distributed and member states' responses were, at the very least, uncoordinated. So the EU came up with a new regulatory mechanism to be better prepared the next time. Although the directive was invoked several times, such as in response to the migratory flows from North Africa in 2011 and the migration crisis in 2015, it had never been activated before. The decision has been widely welcomed and is seen as the most appropriate instrument under the current exceptional circumstances. It's expected to balance efforts between member states, limit the number of displaced persons seeking immediate international protection, and thereby reduce pressure on national reception systems. But who will be entitled to this protection? Stay with us. Temporary protection will be granted to Ukrainian nationals as well as other third-country nationals or stateless persons benefiting from international protection in Ukraine and their family members, who resided in Ukraine before or on 24th of February, the start of the Russian military invasion of Ukraine. 
Nationals of third countries and stateless persons with a valid permanent residence permit issued in accordance with Ukrainian law and who are unable to return safely to their country of origin can benefit from either EU temporary protection or adequate national protection. Member states may also apply this decision to other categories of persons, such as third country students in Ukraine or people who already fled Ukraine before the 24th of February. Temporary protection will be granted in principle for a period of one year and may be extended automatically by two six-month periods for a maximum of another year. If, after two years, they can still not go back to Ukraine, the Council, on a proposal from the Commission, could decide to extend their permit by a third year. Now, to prepare for this extraordinary migratory pressure, the Commission is setting up a solidarity platform to collect and exchange information, monitor reception capacities, identify needs and coordinate support. Member states and EU agencies such as the European Border and Coast Guard Agency and the European Asylum Agency will also contribute to monitoring the situation and providing operational support. But all this will cost money. So who's going to foot the bill? Let's hear Katrin Loten from the EPRS. Besides 500 million euros in humanitarian assistance, the EU also coordinates the delivery of material assistance to Ukraine and neighboring countries and provides civil protection support to Poland, Slovakia, Czechia and Moldova. Moreover, the EU also provides financial support to help the member states fund their efforts in welcoming war refugees from Ukraine and it gives technical support, provides guidance and operational assistance to border guards. Furthermore, a Ukraine Solidarity Trust Fund has been set up to assist in the reconstruction of a democratic Ukraine. One of the major objectives of the Temporary Protection Directive is to balance member states' efforts to deal with the mass arrival of displaced persons. And the key word here is solidarity. Solidarity with the people in need and solidarity between EU member states, which has been a long-term debate in European asylum policy. Indeed, but according to the Centre for European Policy Studies, we may be closer to understanding the true meaning of the word. Sergio Carrera is Senior Research Fellow and Head of Justice and Home Affairs at SEPS. The EU must give priority to ensuring consistent delivery of the socioeconomic rights and reception conditions by EU member states and preventing discrimination of non-Ukrainian nationals. The EU needs to start devising long-term strategy focused on ensuring security of residents and regularization of people. SEPS calls on the EU to rethink its asylum policy so that it is based on the principle of equal solidarity, putting every individual's dignity, free movement agency and non-discrimination at its centre. There's no doubt the EU has reacted fast this time, but the scale of the crisis poses many immediate and longer-term challenges. Some of the most pressing issues include trafficking of women and unaccompanied children, allegations of racism and discrimination between white or ethnic European refugees and other migrants, preparedness of public services such as schools and health services. But also internal security concerns, issues with the registration of new arrivals at the borders, long-term funding, EU coordination and integration measures. The list is very long. Moreover, members of the European Parliament have expressed concern that not all displaced persons from Ukraine receive the same level of protection. Dutch MEP Tineke Strik is very engaged in this debate. 
Many people fleeing Ukraine are, are stuck in the border countries, uh, do not get the right information, and this makes them very vulnerable to human trafficking or other types of exploitation. So the EU member states must now start to coordinate and organize logistical transport, making sure people can be directed to places where they can be hosted. And furthermore, member states all apply the directive in a different way. And this is, should be a role for the Commission to monitor how member states apply the directive and how they can ensure that all refugees have the same access and the same rights wherever they are. Despite all these challenges, the swift and determined political action combined with the incredible wave of solidarity with the Ukrainian people raise hopes for real progress on the reform of the EU's migration and asylum rules. Want to know more? Check out Katrine Lurton's full policy brief on the EPRS website or in our app. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.